Welcome to a new spin on autism. Answers with host and international speaker and performer, Lynette Louise. Besides working on her doctorate in psychophysiology, Lynette has raised eight children, six adopted, and four of them falling somewhere on the autism spectrum. Laugh with her, cry with her, as she talks to both experts and parents and takes you through the often confusing, sometimes frustrating, sometimes overwhelming, but always fascinating world of autism. Hello and welcome. This is a new spin on Autism Answers. I am Lynette Louise, your story teacher host, otherwise known as the Brain Broad. And today is the day after Halloween. Now, you're going to be hearing this at whatever time. We're supposed to make these shows evergreen so you can't plant them in time, so I won't say the year. But (laughs) we had a wonderful Halloween last night. It was a really interesting circumstance because I have a special son in my house. Sometimes we get negative attention. You know, he's an adult son. And so the day before Halloween, I walk out my door, and someone has put a dead, an actual dead raven on the ground in front of a pentagram that they've they've drawn in chalk on my walkway so I'm like well I suppose this is a healing circle if we think in terms of native Indians but more likely it's a curse to say "Ooh, the Bo Radley of the house is cursed I don't know what it was it was a Halloween joke by pranksters and teenagers the important thing is that when I saw it I just took pictures and posted it on Facebook and found it fun life is about the emotion you choose with a thing. So when you see a problem coming your way, you make a decision on how you're going to receive that problem, what you're going to make of it. And we're going to talk about some of that. How do we perceive our problems? How do we uh, make it into something good while we're struggling with the negative emotional aspects of dealing with that? So I think I have a perfect guest for that today. We're going to find out. His name is David Merrill Gill, and I saw him talking on Facebook about different issues, things that people are often not willing to talk about on a public forum like a radio show. So I'm really happy that he was willing to step forward and join us today. Before I start talking with him, remember to stay to the very end of the show where we will have stories from the And I will probably finish telling you the story I just started telling you. And also, uh, normally we do the, okay, okay, great guest giveaway. There's a new book out that I am a uh, co-author in, so I'm going to offer that up. All right, so we are ready to talk to David Merrill Gill. Hi, David. Thank you for being here. Thanks. Oh, we're excited to have you. So let's begin with, you, um, you've got the diagnosis of Asperger's autism, PDD, NOS, anything else? High-functioning autism, that's what else I've been called. Yeah, because they don't even have Asperger's anymore now. It's all the same thing. I think it's funny that, um, you know, the, they rewrite the book of diagnosis and now you get a new diagnosis and meanwhile nothing changed for you. It seems like in the medical field... They're so busy figuring out what to call us, they're not very good at helping us. Do you find that? Exactly. All right, so let's talk about you. Let's, one of the reasons that I got interested in having you on the show is I saw you talking about something that I have seen myself and others deal with uh, many, many times, and it's really not addressed well in, um, in the manuals about autism and helping people with autism and describing what they cope with. 
So you were talking about feeling like, you know, life's really not worth living. Um, Can we start with that? Right, for one thing, some in the autism spectrum individuals community already see me as a thorn in their side. And uh, I'm not going going to say why, why lest, lest there are police officers listening to this broadcast. Well, I think that was a little difficult to understand, so let's slow it down. All right, so you feel like there are people in the autism community itself, like other autistic people, that find you a thorn in their side, or you feel like it's the um, authorities? I'm a regular, a regular Alice Cooper in their eyes. Oh, why do you say that? Right, sex and sexuality preoccupations, for one. Okay, so let's talk about that, because that's a pretty common issue in um, autism. So what are your sex and sexuality preoccupations? So the fetishes I know, I know that I never will. I'm I'm sure that I never will experience. It's as a a married married autistic and the the three that I have uh, being masturbation, nudity. Uh, Why I say my being married is not really likely is because of, for one, the legal guardianship my parents hold hold over my head, the state of Texas, put them in charge of, uh, that basically protects my money. And for another, for another of female, whether on the spectrum or not, of is going to be looking, looking relationship-wise, is for a male that's extremely capable, always on top of everything, and uh, is another gainfully employed fat chance for me, despite it one original Christian music album to my credit, at Water of Life. Is that an album that you wrote? With an older friend of mine. That's very cool. Water of Life. What, do you want to give one of those away to somebody if they if they write in and ask for it? Well, I wish I had more printings, but I can't afford to be making them now. Too bad. That would be lovely. So uh, what kind of music is it? You said Christian music? Is it like Christian rock, Christian country? It's a variety. Man, I I wish interviewers would get it right the first time. Oh, yeah. Well, it's really important not to blame the interviewer. We're just working it together here. Right. Not just just Christian country. Okay. And... And the opening track, Don't Ever Give Up, is rock-themed for sure. Oh, neat. Oh, neat. So I'm curious about something. I know people that are autistic um, and that they have married, and they have many of the challenges that you're talking about. You know, they're... they're controlled by authorities, whether it's their parents or a group home, um, you know, they have difficulty communicating, they have, you know, issues in, in many ways and are on the spectrum, and they have married. So why do you believe nobody would be interested in marrying you outside of that list that you gave? Is there something else? Out, you're saying outside of the reasons I gave? Yeah. Because, uh, well, for one thing, if they they found out about my past, they would abandon me in a New York minute. 
Ah, uh, so what's your past that you're hiding? And I'm not going to talk about that either. Therefore, uh, okay. Lest, okay. lest you take the side, side of them. And well, the you know what, autism, I, you don't, you don't you'll ever... And excuse me, the autism spectrum individuals community for that matter. You don't have to talk about anything you don't want to talk about, but you do feel like there's things that you couldn't disclose to someone if you did get in a relationship. That's what you're no, saying. No, no, and so that I can't disclose here either, and the, the law would be after, after me like hellhounds on my trail. All right, so, well, that is like a problem. Like Cooper, Alice Cooper said in his 1976 song track, Guilty, oh, I like driving too fast. I love going too far. It seems the law's on my ass every time I stick it out of the door. <laughs> it's a great lyric, isn't it? Right, from his solo album from that year, Alice Cooper Goes to Hell. Yeah, that's a great lyric. Well, it is a bit of a challenge, that's for sure. So do you end up feeling suicidal sometimes? Is that what you were referring to on your page? or were you Exactly, meaning? exactly. And, and if... Uh, I could get a ride out to California, my birth state, or Oregon, Washington State, Montana, or Vermont, where they have, have legalized, passed into law what what the state I live in, in Texas, has has not has not done yet. And I, that is doctor-assisted suicide. I would take it. If they, a liberal doctor in one of those five states would believe my story. Of, uh, of my brain basically having had it, especially with what medicines have done to it over the past two years, or since about the spring of 2013. And a lot of the ASD individuals community would prefer me being in, being in Hades, Hades anyway. Is there, do you want to share the reason you believe that? And I, I can't for let, for fear of who is who is going to be listening to this later. Okay, so basically you've done some things or you've had some situations that have left you feeling like you just want to die, and you'd right. Like to... And even if I apologized for them to those ASD individuals, they would not buy it. Well, do you have any other ideas on how you can solve this dilemma? No, I really don't. The best thing to do, Lynette, it is for me to keep my distance distance from them, and I have no regrets of selling all of my books, DVDs, and one VHS cassette that are all autism Asperger's related to a local half-price books store location in nearby Humboldt. Okay, so that's your solution then, is to distance yourself from the community of autism. It might be a good idea, actually. Right, right, and not wanting to be reminded of my condition anymore. All right, so maybe that is the approach. You know, we, I've, okay, so I have, uh, I adopted a lot of kids. I don't know what you know about me, so I'm going to share. I adopted a lot of kids that were on the spectrum, and I used to be on the spectrum, and I found that there were two, two approaches in the world. One was to always hang on really tightly to your diagnosis and, and sort of use it as an excuse, use it as a way of getting money, use it as a, all these things. And then there were the people that said, you know, okay, that's what my challenges are. I'm reading about it. I'm seeing it. I see what the community does. I don't want to be it. So I'm going to, one symptom at a time, 
shift myself by pulling away from that. And actually, those are the people I've seen do better. Is that what you're trying to do? Well, how do I explain this, Linda? That 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 aforementioned community, the autism spectrum individuals, community including and especially the couple in Tucson, Arizona, Jerry and Mary Newport, oh, have very unrealistic ideas as for the for the autistic autistic population and I I read their books from Future Horizons titled Your Your Life is Not a Label and Autism Aspergers and Sexuality. The the advice he dispenses he dispenses in Your Life is Not a Label it it sounds like a conservative Republican talking when he's he's a he's a liberal Democrat. It just sounds like advice that a conservative Republican would dispense. And is that good or bad in your eyes? Bad. Bad and and liberalism and Satanism go hand in hand. You're in and, a bit and, of a catch twenty two then, aren't you? Right. If if I can explain this further, you Please do You've got Please do. you've got to bear with me. Okay. Autism spectrum individuals community, well in actuality most of them are are unrealistic idiots. Uh, the the globe is not going, no matter how hard they try, the globe is not going to change its attitude to towards them. Uh, they, so they mistakenly think, just think, that the globe is going to change to fit its needs. And it's it's them who has to change, not the globe. So their advocacy efforts and such are futile. I ought to know with attempting to crack the music slash recording industry and not getting not getting very far with the earlier mentioned album. Go on. And seeking to oh reach the level of success of the the band that has been gone thirty five years because of John Bonham's death Led Zeppelin can play a, play as a drummer on Bottom's level to a fault. To hell with those that would call that foursome, foursome the devil's music. And if, and what, if one of those liberal-minded doctors is that out in the one of the five states I mentioned, mentioned had a injection or, or, or a pill, pill that takes my earthly life away upon consumption, and I would take it. So the advocacy efforts of the aforementioned community are useless. They don't know what they're talking about. And it was in late April, when it went to a one-night conference at the University of Texas Health Science Center in Houston that was part of the Benjamin J. Geigerman lecture series named after an ASD individual. And it was presented presented by by his his sur- surviving father, Louis Geigerman, and besides UT Universe UT Health Pre- University of Texas Health presenting it. Yeah, there had been a presenter there with Asperger syndrome, James C. E. Williams Jr., who 
runs an organization in the state capital of Austin and called Independent Living Experience, and their 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 blasted blasted rates are so high, eighty like something like eighty dollars an hour, and wow. and a, a person would have to have a king's ransom for that, and yeah, not and most Americans don't. A program like that is not helpful. It's it's not use it. It does, it's not a benefit if it's if it's not affordable to all. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so but we need to give this some shape so that people can listen in a way that helps them to understand what we're talking about. So let's do it this way. Let's um, only talk about two things. One, the I think it's very common to have the desire to die when you have. Uh, a spectrum disorder. So when you're right. challenged, I and think of course being on the spectrum when the odds are all against you. Well, for some people they succeed because they're on the spectrum, but in your case it sounds like you've got a pretty big, um, a pretty big challenge. Right, and I am attempting to explode, explode the myth, the myth that all autism spectrum individuals turn out that way. Not true. I agree. I agree. It sounds like you've tried some amazing things. You created a music album. You made an attempt to fit into the music industry. Um, and I'm sure you've done many other things. As a, as a vocalist and drummer, especially. Awesome. And you've also um, gone to the trouble of, like, I didn't know something you just shared, which was that the various states, in fact, I Googled it while you were talking, um, I didn't realize the states that were had legalized suicide and that sort of thing. So you've obviously researched this stuff. So yes, this uh, must be a feeling that sits with you quite frequently, right? Right, and what had happened at that aforementioned conference, one-night conference in late April, April was, as I had, with James Z. Williams Jr., I had, had gotten into a row, a row with him, him over his... His, his having reached marriage and I didn't. He had the, had the colossal gall to tell me, tell me he could say anything he wanted. Well, 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 bull corn, it upset me. I became in, in, uh, livid, livid with him. And man, he threatened to call the guards on me, so I, I backed off, backed off boarding, boarding my taxi cab for home. Well, that was probably smart of you. Okay, so here you are. You deal with it. He was uh, threatening to call the guards on me. Yeah, I heard. So let's try looking at the other side for a second and see if we can find something in your life that you really love, that you can hold on to. So what is it that you love? Being the musician, but it hasn't, but it hasn't, has not necessarily landed me any recording contracts per se, and. And video production—that's about it. It's the only, the only two fields I would like going into, and no others. No, no run-of-the-mill office office jobs. No, no fast food establishments. It's none of that. So here's what's really cool: is we live in a time where we can do that. So you've already done one album. I myself have two albums. And right. they don't and, I, and I can't afford to be doing a follow-up to Water of Life yet. 
Ah, but nowadays you can do it yourself on the computer. That's what I was going to say. I mean, I well, have to, I, they uh, didn't uh, get let, me. Let me clarify, clarify for you that I couldn't necessarily put it together on my own. I'm not that skilled. Okay. Skilled like uh, like uh, recording engi- recording studio engineer pros. Well, what about using a phone I, uh, to record I yourself? Ha- I would have to be be uh, be supervising supervising those engineers t- dictating to them them how the production should turn out this and that. I agree. Unless unless we come up with a really cool, really simple idea that gets you a following. Like for example, Let's say you created a YouTube channel. Very easy to do. You could even get someone to help you set it up. I, I've got one with. Uh, okay. Okay. With so now nickname. watch this. What if? Just let me let me give you an idea and see if you hate it or love it. What if you just videotaped yourself with a phone or anything, and you did um, a, a theme in your channel of building my next album, wanting comments, and so you. You did a drum beat, and you said, what do you think of this beat? You know, and you, you created an interaction with the world as you built your next album just on simple little one-minute or 30-second videos on YouTube. You might actually... Oh, yes, if you'll excuse me. Well, yes, yes, but that's, that's, that's about the same as kowtowing, kowtowing to commercial industry. And... Well, you don't have to do what they suggest, though. That's the thing. It's just a way of getting enough of an audience. Not maintaining artistic integrity. Oh, sure it is. Because you don't have to to take the advice. You're just inviting an interaction, which, if you get enough hits, will get you funding for your album. Lynette, let me explain. During the... During a time that the internet did not exist, when when Led Zeppelin were riding high, they did not have to have to do such things as public input, uh, input from the public where they were they would be asking themselves, is that radio ready? They they didn't really care. They did didn't do television. They didn't do radio. Oh not kowtowing to co- commercial interest did what they wanted to do. Yeah, but that only happens later when you're successful. Oh. You know, or you can do it nowadays on YouTube. On YouTube, you have total well, control. Well, it, it became a success from the first album about, uh, don't try to cut me down. Yeah, I'm not doing that. I'm actually trying to help you. I'm trying to build you up. Why did you think well, I was it, doing that? Well, it's not helpful in, in, my, in my ideology. Oh, explain that because I was really trying to be helpful. What did I do that made you feel that way? Telling me all that I've I've heard before. Oh yeah, I get that. Okay. And uh, okay. I'm challenging such a status quo. Good for you. Good for you. A stat, a, such a status quo like that. Well, I appreciate you pointing out that you felt that way, actually, because uh, I like it when someone tells me when right. I don't affect them the way that I'm trying to, which was to be supportive. So thanks for speaking up to that. Okay, go on. And because, and because the, the, rest of, the rest of the globe and the ASD individuals community, for that matter, uh, have, well, hell, they have not, not been supportive of me. I know, and you know what? I got to tell you, I don't think the ASD community is very supportive. I mean, if ever there was a community where the biggest challenge is the fighting amongst themselves, 
It's a well, and that's that's exactly what they do: tear each other to pieces. It's terrible. It's really terrible. What it's, what AS, That's what ASD individuals do. Yeah, it's a problem. It makes it hard to really help everybody when everybody's fighting amongst themselves. And, you know, it's not just the ASD individuals. It's also all the people around them, like the educators fight amongst themselves about how it should be done. The parents fight uh, amongst... The ASD individuals, they may say to me they are trying to be helpful when... Helpful like you when they are really not. Sure, I may be called pessimistic, narcissistic. Uh, Fooey on them... Fooey on them, fooey on you. If if I, it it can't be seen through my eyes. Okay, so if you were to get out of today's radio show, what you hope to get, what is that? How can we make sure that um, you, we put attention on the issues you definitely want to put attention on? I know you wanted to talk. About, I wanted you to share with people how you felt about suicide and I appreciate that you spoke to that thank you so what would you like to make sure because we're really close to end of our time already and I want to make sure that you get to say what it is that you think would make a difference for you in the world of um, just in the world if people knew it well to be honest to be honest Lynette there there really isn't I all I can think of to say is that there really isn't except my Taking a, a a rocket ship from the National Aeronautics and Space Administration and off of off of this earth, though that that organization doesn't off, does not offer those to the general public. Don my astronaut spacesuit and stay up there. Here with this this globe being the ball of confusion that it is, and uh, it's not going to be be turning around and Armageddon, it's not that far away based on the world situation and the terrorism situation getting worse. And it's best best to leave this leave this earth and all its puzzlement. And so and I'm terribly sorry that that's not what you wanted to hear, but it's not pessimism I speak. It's nitty gritty. Other ASD individuals who are into advocacy can think what they like, but they're wrong. I think I, I just want to hear you speak your mind. And if that's your mind, then I'm, I appreciate you sharing. And the, the wife I have, whether on the spectrum herself or not, will have to be like me in the, in the, in the way that she is completely against. The ASD individual's movement wants nothing to do with them and prefers to hide out with me me as I would with her, and and staying away from my male friends as she stays away from stays away from her her friends of both sexes, knowing the temptations that can arise. Who knows? Maybe somebody will hear the show and like the way that you think and um, look you up on Facebook. It would have is to that... be an Asperger autistic female that's very very unconventional in that manner or in those manners. All right, so let's do this. Let's close the show with you describing what your perfect autism Asperger's woman would be like. 
her musical tastes tastes being basically similar similar to mine for one and having a having a real liking liking for PBS programming of the 1970s including especially the original version of the electric company 1971 1977 and it was a Sexually daring with me, but healthy. A Christian woman who is like me has had enough of the rest of the world. And that's and that's not meaning to sound hateful. I don't want anybody else getting the idea that it is. And her taking my meltdowns with a grain of salt, as I would have to hers, and, and her, her not overreacting to my verbally exploding... I think this is really cool, and you know why? Because if I were to ask a neurotypical man what his ideal woman would be like, he would probably say what she would look like. He might not, but he probably would. At the very least, that would be part of what he would say. And he might then get into a lot of the you know, personality traits, but he would pretty much almost always be focused on her physical appearance. Instead, what you described was the kind of woman that you would like as a human being. And I, I, well, I, I, well, the physical attributes, I have a hang up on those too, too, to, to get that, get that out of the way. Her, our secondary, secondary, her, Things I'm not even sure I could can can say on the air that would would be a plus. Ah, okay. <laughs> All right, we understand. <laughs> Some very personal body parts, right? Right, and 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 does not shave in the nether region either. Okay. Well, I mean, those are the kinds of things that can happen once you find a person that you really like. Um, that's just about the style of grooming and stuff. And if you guys are connected, I'm sure she'll want to be the way you want her to be. Right, um, keeping right, keep it, keeping that trimmed. There you go. And that's the kind of stuff you talk amongst yourselves. With. I think, I think it's beautiful what you've just shared about how you would like um, your so, woman to be. Maybe we should stop with that so that people can get a sense and maybe you'll get lucky and somebody will say, hey, David, I'm just like that and drop you a Facebook post. And, so, and there is something else I never never got to uh, when I should have mentioned earlier is that, that when my puberty was just... I, I've had my difficulty seeing seeing the opposite sex, including those on the spectrum as human beings. When my puberty was just starting, just after I turned 13, I was given this this illustrated book on puberty by a past psychologist for me to read, 1973's What's Happening to Me, that basically basically poisoned my mind. How so? I poisoned my brain with its illustrations despite having curiosities when I was younger of Think of things such as X-rated movies that essentially destroyed it. Destroyed it for me. What how what is best is best best for autistics to be kept in the dark about. Yeah, you know, I 
wish I had been been back then in late 1984. What was it about the book that you feel poisoned your mind? The pictures or right. the information? Right, both of them. Okay, and when you say poisoned your mind, do you mean made you think in a way that you don't feel as healthy? Right, poison. Yes, poisoned my brain, made me making me think in a way I'm way I am that I am not really supposed to. I know they were just trying to give you information to understand what's happening to your body, but instead it had a different effect on you. Is what you're saying? Right, testosterone is basically a poison. A poison in my case. Oh, uh, and I would. I would get up, have surgically extracted whatever it is that that produces it. Okay, but you do know that it's really worldwide, regardless of diagnosis or neurotypical or whatever, that puberty is horrible, that everybody's mind goes to places it shouldn't, that it's a desperate place that that men get, you know, when they're in puberty, they get spontaneous erections all day long and their their mind is, is full of these hormones. And you're right, in a sense, all those hormones are kind of poisoning their emotional state and driving them into a, a sort of a limbic system, um, very aggressive place. So that is what happens to people in puberty. Yes, yes, even even females, even with the small about small smaller amounts of testosterone they produce, and I never hear I never hear of hear hear stories of them them having to tell their libidos to calm down. Yeah, they're they're affected differently. We have a different hormonal wash. We are made miserable, and we cry all the time, and we feel <laughs> desperate, and we. Um, so it, it's like we both have a different kind of reaction, but it's uncomfortable in both. It's it's not a you know it's not a pretty place, puberty. It's just not. I, I never hear of them tell their their females' brains voices voices telling their libidos quiet. In stories from the road, I'm going to share a story about a test I did with hormones, and um, I have to close the show now. If there's something that you want to say to say goodbye to people, that's great. Or if you want to just listen to me tell that story, that's great too. But I do have to close the show because we're out of time. Um, is there something you want to say, or do you want to listen to the end of the show? Tell everyone else to take take to take great care. They don't even know me, know me, and uh, they cannot cannot be judging me by the things I say. I agree. I agree. You were brave. You were brave enough to share, and uh, if they judge you, then shame on them. Exactly. That was David Merrill Gill being really honest about a lot of feelings that people don't want to talk about. And I think it's a super, super, super important thing for us to hear the voice of the adult autistic uh, struggling in the world and trying to make something of themselves. And we are so busy running around saying what we think is true and not letting the people speak for themselves. So I really appreciate that David Merrill Gill was willing to do that. And he brought up something that really did sort of feed me what I should do for Stories from the Road. But before that, I want to offer you, okay, 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 I'm my great guest giveaway. So just recently, I was um, I was given an 
an, I don't even know how to say this, an IEPPY award for a book that I co-wrote. And uh, I wanted to share that with you and uh, give you an opportunity to get it if you're interested in it. And it's called Ready, Aim, Thrive. What a perfect title for today's show because really that's what you're stuck doing when you're Asperger's or have a challenge of any kind. You just sort of take who you are, you look at the world, and you ready, aim, thrive. Now, that's definitely not what the book's about. I don't want you thinking you're getting an autism book. It's actually... um, about discovering how to flourish and prosper today, and it's from top experts. So it's, you know, all kinds of different uh, thought leaders in the world have written into this book. But I'm offering it up. If you want a copy, just be the first person to send me a email and have Ready, Aim, Thrive in the subject line, and I will get that off to you. So it's mom, number four, evermore. So it reads mom forevermore at Juno, J-U-N-O. And I will give the first person that sends me an email a copy of that book. Okay, okay, it is time for Stories from the Road. This is a very self-revealing story, and I think that's appropriate given that it's been a very self-revealing show. So when my husband and I broke up, uh, my husband, my third husband, I tried over and over again to get that right. My third husband and I were together for a long time, 10 years about, and he ended up molesting my daughter. So it was really heavy and horrible, and I had to go to a woman's shelter, and I had to do all all this stuff to learn, you know, what am I doing wrong in relationships? And I've learned very wonderful things in the world. I've learned how to change the story. I've learned what to do for the brain. I've learned how to change your beliefs. But back then, I didn't know any of it. So it was a really challenging time. I fortunately did most of it right, and what I did wrong, I fixed. So it all has a nice ending. But there was a point, just just after we got back from the woman's shelter, where I was trying to pay my bills. I was trying to figure out money. And I saw an ad in the paper, and the ad was for anybody who had had a hysterectomy, which I had had due to tumors and cysts and adhesions and things. And um, and so anyone who had had a hysterectomy was invited to do this test. And it was a hormone testing circumstance, and it would pay $1,500, which was enough for my rent as well as some groceries. So my rent was 1300 so that would cover the rent, and it would give me a couple hundred dollars for groceries. And I had six kids at the time. I didn't have the other two yet. So um, it, was a, you know, it was a pretty big problem to solve. And I'm like, Eureka, here it is. Here's this month's solution. So I went and I signed up, and I, I was accepted into the study. And, um, and the, they give you, you know, placebo to some people and, and real to the others. So you don't know if you're in the placebo group or the real group, and you get a hormone. And they gave me testosterone. I was in the real group, apparently. And I wanted to rape men, like literally. I was shocked by what happened to me. I had this, ta- this stuff given, you know, it was an injection. Two days later, I am standing at a bus stop, and I look at this man who's standing there beside me, and I just have to use all my willpower to not act on jumping on this man. Now, 
probably he would have overpowered me. So it wasn't like he was ever really in any danger. But what was shocking was the degree to which this took hold of me. From that and all day, I was having these horrible, horrible compulsions that I think if I had to live with on a day after day after day basis, I think I might fail in my resolve to behave. So after this, I went in and I told him, apparently nobody else was willing to say these words out loud. You know, I, we go in and we were, fill out the chart of all the things we're having. They said we might get lower voices, our hair, our hair could start to grow on our face, all these things, right? None of that was happening to me, but I was having this horrible compulsion to attack people. And I... You know, so I filled out the form and I talked with the counselor and she said, okay, and she was going to talk to the next person. I said, well, um, you know, there's, there's this other thing happening. And <laughs> anyway, so finally I was able to spit it out. And it wasn't like we were in a private room. I was at her desk and everyone else was sitting in a chair waiting for their turn to talk to her. And I guess because I got so quiet and concerned as I talked, their ears had perked up. But a bunch of women that were close to me went, oh, I thought it was just me. So it turned out that we were all, all of those of us who had been given the actual hormone, we were all having the same response. And they weren't going to say anything, which to me, I think about that all the time. And I think, oh, my gosh, these studies, you know, like you got to be careful. So... I want you to understand that there's a very real force at hand when your child is going through puberty. I'm not asking you to let them behave in an inappropriate way. I'm not asking for anything other than that you become aware that there are moments where I couldn't believe the degree to which I had this urge. And imagine if you don't have language or imagine if you're already um, very driven to, say, hit yourself or hurt yourself, how this might play out. And please just take it serious, be patient, be persistent, and keep everybody safe because that darn testosterone was a very, very, very real issue. I was lucky. I could tell them they could take me off off the study and I immediately went back to how I was because I'd only had the one injection. But imagine living that way. That was that was really eye opening. It's one thing to stand there and watch somebody else and have all these opinions about them. Standing in your skin, in your hormonal bath, and opinioning on somebody else is really you know, it's all we have to do to try to help people. We have to have opinions, but do it with care because you really, really, really can't walk in someone else's shoes unless you are that someone else. So um, that's it for today. It's a very real show. I hope you made it all the way to the end. I hope we did some benefit for you. Understand that our cli- our clients, our children, our spouses with autism very often do feel suicidal. It's a pretty common experience um, for them. So be patient, be loving, be willing to help. I'm Lynette Louise, your story teacher host, otherwise known as the Brain Broad, and you've been listening to a new spin on autism. Answers, question of the day, um, does suicidal ideation come as a partner to autism? Not necessarily, but it can. So keep your, keep your antenna up and... 
be there to help because that's the answer, just knowing. Very often that's all there is as an answer, just know. Thank you for being here because without you I'd just be talking to myself. Thank you for joining the show today. Lynette is the author of the refreshingly honest and at times hilarious new book, Miracles Are Made, A Real-Life Guide to Autism. You can purchase this and other materials by looking on the webtalkradio.net website and clicking on the covers. You can also click through to her Facebook page and check out any show you may have missed by looking in the archives. We'll see you soon for another edition of A New Spin on Autism. Answers. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. I can't hear you.